Hey, Mark, do you know what today is? I think it is September 22nd. Well, yes, technically, but it's also the very first day of actual autumn. Well, it didn't feel that way this afternoon standing in the road. No, it did not. Summer is not giving up. Uh, We actually had heat indices yesterday at 104, and I felt it. I felt it, and I was out in the middle of the road directing traffic. But I am so excited about autumn, and I hope our listeners are too. I know some people hate to see summer go, but when summer goes, we have to start thinking about taking care of certain tools and implements, and we're going to get into that when we come back. Welcome to the Practical Prepping Podcast. We're helping everyday people become prepared for whatever emergencies come our way. Where gear is good, but knowledge is better, because the more you know, the less you have to carry. We're your hosts, Mark and Krista Lawley. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Practical Prepping Podcast. We are so glad that you have joined with us today. We're talking about some seasonal issues, and that is how do you winterize all of your spring and summer lawn equipment, your tools, your mowers, gardening, that sort of thing. And we're also going to talk about a few other topics, but we're we're trying to get prepared for the weather turning cool, the wind blowing, and the ice soon forming. Frankly, I can't wait. I'm ready for it to be cold. How about you? What we're actually doing here is preparing for our equipment to be able to operate properly next year. Oh, so you're really just basically taking care in advance. We're taking care in advance. I mean, some of this equipment, if you put it up without taking proper care of it, when you take it out next year, it's not going to start. It's not going to run. Or it could have rust or it could just be in bad shape. And it can be very expensive to replace or try Mm -hmm. to repair or fix something when really all you want to do is get into that lawn shed and get that mower, those trimmers or whatever you've got, that weed whacker. And you want those things to work and work well. So you've got to start now to prepare for next spring. Or at least as soon as your last cutting, when I finish the last cutting of the grass, I mean, we're in the south It's still warm out there. If we get a little rain here and there, that grass is still growing. Mm -hmm. But after the last cutting, then I need to winterize that mower. Now, we're going to talk about some things that applies to all mowers and all power equipment. And then we're going to talk about some specific things. For one, you want to clean it. You want to wash or power wash the mower If it's a riding mower, there's grass that builds up on that deck and it becomes kind of hard and yucky, especially around those spindles and under the the belts. Mm -hmm. And so you want to power wash that even under the deck or tiller tines. If you've used the tiller and you've got mud stuck on it, it's probably better if you go ahead and wash that mud off. Not that you absolutely have to. But you're better off next year if you do that this year. Same thing with string trimmer heads. You need to be able to make sure that thing turns free. Some of those need a little spot of oil inside so that it will operate well. Go ahead and get the weeds that are stuck in the top of it. I know I wind up having to take my pocket knife at times. I've got so many vines wrapped around it that I have to cut it loose. Get all of those and... I would say go ahead and reload the the trimmer string now so that when you pull it out next year, 
You don't have to sit down, and the first thing you have to do is work on your equipment by loading the string. Yeah, a little bit of prep work on this end will save you a lot of time and aggravation Mm -hmm. later on. So, you know, prepping is for your own benefit in this case, too. You're, You're doing some work now to make it easier for later, and I'm all for that. Hopefully it'll be cooler out there shortly that we can get out in the garage or get out in the yard and do these things. And then if you have to store the mower outside, make sure you cover it so that it's not getting rained on all year and you don't have water down in there that gets frozen. Let's talk about some battery-powered or electric start equipment. Now, I've started using electric weed trimmer and an electric blower because with the store brands and such, you get two or three years out of those things and then they don't start. I mean, I don't care how much I made sure I drained the fuel out and ran it dry. It seems like that I would eventually have problems with it. So I've just gone to the electric and that works very, very well for me. But we're also talking about some equipment that can be battery or electric started like a riding mower. So that fits into this some as well. One of the commonalities of this is a battery. So it's best to remove all the batteries and store them away from any extreme cold. They'll last longer if they're not highly exposed to extreme cold. Yeah, extreme heat and extreme cold can kill batteries very quickly. That's why we wind up having to have dead batteries in the car in the very hot and the very cold of the summer and winter. I see. Now you remove those batteries and if it's like a lawn tractor or something, it's good just to disconnect the battery. That way, if there's any kind of short, there's no power on it. And it's good to go ahead and charge those batteries and store them charged. Don't store them dead. Store them charged. But don't store them in the charger. No, do not store them in the charger. And don't leave lead-acid batteries sitting on concrete. Well, now why not? It will drain it in a heartbeat. Really? Yes. I have learned something. And I learned that as a kid. My dad owned a service station, and there was an upside-down wooden Coca-Cola crate. You remember the ones that held the... Those yellow, you know, sectioned crate, wooden crates, and they would stand up glass bottles of Coke in them. And there was one of those upside down in front of the battery charger at the service station. And I don't know, I was probably about 10, and I asked Dad why. And he told me and explained how that concrete will draw out the juice from that battery. No kidding. The electricity. So huh. always charge it on wood, leave it sitting on wood, or leave it sitting on a metal plate that's designed to hold that. So that's just a little tidbit there. That's too. a very practical prepping tidbit. Mm-hmm. Now, I will occasionally put a voltmeter on the battery, and this is through the winter when it's stored, and I'm just out there in the shop, and I'll take my my voltmeter and I'll put it on it. And, and if it's below 12 volt, I'll just put it on the trickle charger for uh, overnight, something like that, and top it off. We want to keep it charged. We don't want that battery getting low. So top it off if it's less than full. 
Let's talk about riding mowers and lawn tractors for a moment. A way to winterize or prepare them for long-term storage would be to lubricate the grease fittings and the oil friction points. Yeah, that's like in grease fittings are obvious. But in some tractors, you will have metal touching metal, and I'm thinking in the steering mechanism where it's actually open. I put a little bit of oil on there, cut down a little bit of that friction, and protect that as well. You know that part-time business you've been doing for a while? Maybe it's time to take it to the next level and really see what it can do. Sometimes all it takes is a little push or a little help from the right people. The folks at ProLine Digital Group are the right people when it comes to your website or growing your business through digital marketing. I've used a lot of website hosting over the years, and honestly, ProLine Digital has been the best I've ever used. In the last two years, we've had exactly zero minutes of outage or downtime. That's reliability. So whether you want an informative site, an online store, or to start online marketing, check out ProLine Digital Group. They're linked from our website or go to ProLineDigitalGroup.com. You also want to check the belts for any cracks and you want to apply some spray-on belt dressing. Yeah, a lot of those belts are in places that it's kind of dangerous to get your hand in there mm-hmm. if you have it running. You know, we used to put belt dressing on a car just by reaching down there and having a block of that wax dressing and hold it on it and let it <laughs> spin against it. You know, there's not enough room to do that under a lawnmower on a top of a deck. So use that spray on stuff there as well. You also want to sharpen the blades. You don't want to have to do that at the very start of the season. That's that's going to hang you up with a lot of time. So sharpen them before you store them. Right. Now, another thing you definitely want to do, and do this with pretty much any powered engine, is drain the gas and run it dry or top it off, according to the manufacturer's recommendations. I see. Some recommend that you store it with the tank full. Some recommend that you drain the fuel and run it dry. And that's what we always did with chainsaws is we would pour all of the fuel out when we were through with whatever. Now, we'd leave it in overnight, three or four days if we were cutting. But when we got through with that saw, we drained it all out, started it up, and let it run dry. And there's one out in the shop that's about 17 years old, and it's got to go to the shop this year to have some of the rubber pieces that have deteriorated over all of those years. But it never failed to start until it developed an issue with the gas lines. So I'm going to go have all of that replaced. Well, and if you have one of these types of uh, mowers or tools or engines and you're not sure what your manufacturer recommendations are, thank goodness we have YouTube and Google and you can actually research the brand name and you can look at the product manuals online. Yeah, you can get right down to the model numbers Mm -hmm, on those things. Exactly. The same thing with the push mowers. You're going to do these same types of thing. You're going to clean it. You're going to wash it off, power wash it, whatever. And then you're going to drain the engine, uh, drain the gasoline like we talked about. But in addition, you're going to lubricate the axles. And the thing you can do there, there, there's friction against them. And it's good to just stick the nozzle of a little, I'm thinking of the nozzle on a WD-40 
That little skinny stick? Skinny stick, uh-huh. but I'd use silicon spray because the silicon spray will hold in there longer. I see. And so put a shot of silicon spray in there. All right, let's talk about engines for a moment. You know, gasoline that's used weekly need not be stabilized. I know there's a product called Stabil mm-hmm. that a lot of folks use. I know we used it a lot with our RVs for winterizing, but also for you know, motors and engines. So talk a little bit about why gasoline used weekly need not be stabilized. Well, you're not going to store it long enough. Now, all of the fuel that we have stored, and, and I will take four or five, five-gallon, or I used to take four or five five-gallon jugs to the store, to the service station to fill, but now you kind of have to fa- finance that amount. Well, of- yeah, you have to take out a loan and, yeah. you know. Yeah, guy told me yeah. the other day he filled up his uh, gas tank for twenty bucks. It was his lawnmower. Oh, but he, <laughs> but he did. Oh, that's all right. You don't want to store untreated gasoline over time because it breaks down and it causes varnish to clog the lines in the carburetor. But if we're using this thing through the summer season and we're using it every week to two weeks, it doesn't have time to break down in there. I see. And so you don't have to add stabilizer to the gas that you're putting into the mower to run this week. But if you're using gasoline that has been stored for a considerable period of time, say since last year or year before, have some stabilizer in there. And Stabil is one that you mentioned, and that is a very good product, and we do use that as well. I've kind of now figured out what was meant by either drain the motor completely or if the manufacturer recommends to top it off completely because if your tank is partially filled it can actually cause condensation Mm -hmm. i guess from temperature change Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing and i explain what can happen with condensation in a partially filled gas tank you know gasoline is lighter than water and so the water is going to drain down toward the bottom of the tank And it might be a small amount, but it gets into that fuel line. And when it gets to the carburetor, then it's not going to run with that water. Could it possibly freeze? It could could possibly freeze. Some of our listeners are are in areas where this winter it's going to be below zero. Oh, yeah. So water in that line could actually freeze. Now you've got a problem. Yeah, you could break that line. You could rupture that line. Oh, dear. And if it's a... Rubber line, that's a whole lot easier to deal with than if it's a metal line. I bet so. so. All right, now we want to change the oil and the filter. And also change the air filter. And we want to do that every year for sure. Absolutely. And you spend good money for these types of, uh, I call them yard appliances, but you do want to take care of them. You know, a little bit of effort on this end and some continuous maintenance Mm -hmm. will save you uh, a big hit on your wallet, but it also saves time and aggravation. Mm -hmm. You know, you just don't want to, you don't want to buy problems next year. And changing the filters, both air filter and oil filter, protect the engine. They're there for a reason. And if it's a chain drive, you're going to want to lubricate that chain. Yes. People forget about that. And we had a chain drive, the first riding more dad bought was a five horsepower Briggs and Stratton and I've forgotten what the make of the the mower itself was but it had that chain and what we're talking is it goes from one sprocket back to a big sprocket like a bicycle oh I see 
So you want to lubricate that chain a little bit there to keep that from freezing up during the cold season. Mm-hmm. All right, electric mowers. We're going back. We're talking about the battery-powered electric mowers. And the battery-powered ones, you need to remove that battery, just like we discussed before. But now there are still some corded electric mowers out there. I actually saw someone using a corded electric mower. I could see it as I drove by through a neighborhood. There was an older lady, well, older, she might have been my age, and she was powering a, a push mower, and I saw the electric cord, and I thought, how do you not mow over that cord? But she must have done a great job with it. A lot of folks don't not mow over that cord. <laughs> Zip so right through there. <laughs> the 100-foot cord becomes a 75-foot cord and a 50-foot cord, and you get down to where you've got a 3-foot cord left, and you're not going to cut grass with Look, that. Those blades really work. <laughs> I've got one out in the garage that uh, was my dad's before he passed away, and uh, he ran over it with something. Oh, no. Actually, I think he cut it with a set of uh, shears as he was trimming <laughs> oh. the 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 bushes Boy. and so it's just wired back together and taped up there not something that i would use for a heavy load and i've got another one out there that the end got cut off and so i've got a new end to put on it as well so well, they do clever. get run over they okay. do get cut so do you check those cords inspect the cords look for any type of cut housing or any wires that may be exposed there are some ways to you know mend that where you can use it and but there's others where if there's actual breakage or burning through mm-hmm. those wires you're just going to need to go with some other kind of alternative because yeah. that's unsafe now we have gone through a lot of hand sanitizer over the last couple of years most of it's alcohol based which can sting sore spots dries out your skin And stops killing germs once it dries out. Well, we found a hand sanitizer that is alcohol-free, it smells great, it feels good on the skin, and it keeps killing germs for up to two hours after you've applied it. Clean Start also works as an antiseptic. It kills germs for up to two hours, and it doesn't burn when you put it on like other antiseptics will burn. Our little grandchildren really like that. Clean Start's great for prepping, too. It comes as a 40X concentrate. A three and a half ounce bottle makes a gallon, so it's easy to store multiple bottles. Clean Start hand sanitizer and antiseptic. Get it from our website where there's a 25% discount. Now let's talk about chainsaws. Talk about chainsaws. I have this cute little handheld chainsaw. Six inch. I love that little chainsaw. It's the best little limb lopper you ever saw. Yeah, I just thought most of them are handheld. <laughs> well, what I'm saying, you know what I'm saying. I, it, I can actually hold it in one hand, okay? Yeah, it's more like a cordless drill it, in, it's, in it's, shape and size. It's a very small blade, and it's intended for, you know, inch and a quarter or thinner limbs and branches or old stalks or things like that. But I've, I've had to stop and I've had to learn how to lubricate that chain and to, to let it run so that it'll lubricate that chain very well because otherwise it'll hang up. You know, you go to mm-hmm. cutting in something and it's just hung up. And now you're talking about like the chainsaw you hold with two hands and you're going into a big tree. If you get hung up, you're in real trouble. Yeah. Really, we're talking any size chainsaw here. And 
uh, although your little one is electric, and so the electric things apply there. Dad had a little 10-inch that uh, I think he left fuel in it, and it wound up where it wouldn't start eventually. Oh. I didn't know the fuel was in there when he passed away, and so by the time I got to where I wanted to use that saw one day, there was no starting that saw anymore. Uh So that's just one of the things that we want to do. You were talking about learning to lubricate that chain and stuff. Guess what you're going to learn this year? Uh Uh-oh, what? Putting the chain back on after you knock it off. Oh, A couple of times she came to me holding it and the (laughs) chain's just dangling. And so it's no big deal once you know how to do it. Yeah. It's no big deal at all to put them on there. And this is a good time to go ahead and sharpen that chain before you put it up so that you don't have to take that out next year. And something that some of you may not be aware of is that you need to turn that bar over every now and then. I did not know that. And that lets it wear a different direction. Oh, so you reverse that makes it. a lot of sense. Now, people looking at your saw, they see the word down the side of the bar is upside down. And when I see somebody that has one upside down, I know that that guy probably knows that he's supposed to turn that bar over every other sharpening. Oh, So that just keeps it wearing evenly, and it really saves you trouble in the long run, saves you the cost of another bar. And put a few drops of oil in the bar track where that chain runs. Mm Mm-hmm. Put some in there and just slide that chain along and make sure you've got it. I put it in several places and then just run it back and forth. Well, that's Just very to lubricate clever. that. It's also a good time to go ahead and clean or replace the spark plug. They do foul up. I mean, we're running a fuel and oil mixture, and so they do get dirty, and it's a good time to do that. Good deal. Let's talk about our tools, mainly like hand tools, like shovels and uh, garden hose, uh, axes, hatchets. Uh, You're going to want to make sure that those are washed clean and that they're not laying in pools of water or left wet Mm -hmm. because they can go rusty. Sure. And you want to remove the stuck-on mud and dirt there. And one thing is to wire brush rusted areas. Yes, rust can be removed. Oh, yeah. Rust is not a death sentence, but it can be if it's untreated for years. Exactly. Now, you can put a Heavy coat of oil on some of these tools, especially in the areas that you brush the rust off of, just to try to keep it from rusting again. Now, you mentioned a great idea to me, uh, actually a couple of weeks ago, about something to do with some of these tools like hose and axes. and. Oh, yeah. It's something my dad taught me. It's not original to him because obviously he learned it from somewhere, but in the end of summer, early fall, when he knew that he was done using his yard tool, this hand yard tool, the axes and the shovels and the hose. And, and this the, works real well for those little bitty hand gardening yeah, tools. Spades and those little forks mm-hmm. and things. He would take a five-gallon bucket or larger, and he would fill it with play sand, uh, almost up to the top, not completely brimming over. But then he would pour uh, maybe a quart of motor oil into that sand, and he'd take like a branch or a stick, something heavy, and he would stir that all up to coat that sand. And then he would plunge the metal part of that tool, the shovel or the hoe or the axe or what have you, down into that oiled sand. And it won't freeze and it won't pack, but it'll prevent water from attacking that metal. And they can stay in that sanded, oiled, sanded bucket Mm 
all through the winter. And then in the spring, he just lifts them out and kind of shakes them off. They're ready to use. Hmm. Neat idea. It's very practical. It's not an, It's not expensive. And, I mean, get as many buckets as you need to plunge tools into. But, yes, any type of metal, even like pruning scissors and loppers and those kinds of things that are metal, same thing. Just plunge them down into that oiled sand, put it in a dry area covered like inside a garage, mm-hmm. inside a garden shed. Don't leave that outside for the elements. But uh, it can take the winter and it can take the summer, too. And even if he's not, even if he didn't use those tools, even in the summertime for a while, he just left them stored in that sand because they were fully protected. They were there until he needed them. Mm -hmm. Now, the one last thing that we want to go ahead and do before we put up our tools, and here we're talking shovels, hoes, axes, rakes, things like that, things with wooden handles, especially. We want to check those handles And if it's cracked, we want to replace it. What you don't want to do is reach down there next year and grab it and wind up with major splinters in your hand. Owie, zowie. Now, some of these small cracks and chips and dings, they can be sanded, sand the gouges out and such as that. But if that thing's cracked, and and I've seen a many a tool that's duct taped on that handle, it's a dangerous way to go because that thing will come apart at some point. It'll be uncomfortable, and it's unsafe. It'll blister your hands worse. And it might hurt, too. (laughs) I can guarantee you it's going to hurt. So this was our effort in helping you prepare for winterizing your yard appliances, the types of things that are very reliable that you definitely want to take very good care of. And if you've got ideas that we haven't explored, we would love to hear from you. Drop us an email. Send us uh, a message on uh, Messenger. We've got that app as well. We would love to hear your winterizing ideas. What are some things that you have done where you live to help maintain your mowers, your tractors, and your garden tools, your batteries, and so on? And share that with us because we'd like to maybe include that in a future episode because we love to learn new things and our listeners are our best teachers. So we do appreciate your input. We hope that you stay practical and prepared because we want you to have beautiful lawns next year and nice, reliable tools. So remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared. And we'll see you next time. You can reach us on Facebook at Practical Prepping. You can email us at info at practicalprepping.info. And our website is practicalprepping.info. And remember, stuff happens. Stay prepared.